7.40, well, in a matter of seconds, it'll be 7.48 on Lacrosse Talk on WICM. All things D.C., all things kind of, sort of politics. Our guest this morning uh, is uh, quickly becoming a regular because I love your perspective uh, from the political science department at UWL, Anthony Trigoski. Hey, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning, Mike, and that's so nice of you. I'm well, so glad to be with you today. I wouldn't call you back if I didn't appreciate uh, your perspective, <laughs> in particular because you and I, it seems, and, and you and many listeners can agree to disagree but still have conversation, still sit at the same table and, and finish your uh, lunch and a beer, even though uh, a perspective is different, because you give people some different ways to think about uh, options, uh, like our people poll question. Should Mitt Romney be booted from the Republican Party? What do you think? Wow, well, that's uh, that's certainly an interesting question, and you actually saw Donald Trump Jr. on Twitter yesterday calling for that. And I think that there will be pressure on the party to take action against Romney. The thing is, Mike, it's an interesting situation for the party because he's with them on many of the big issues. You know, he votes with the party on judges. He votes with the party on major policy issues. But this was a historic break from the Republican Party. Mitt Romney is the first senator in history to vote to convict a president of his own party. And so this is going to be an interesting conversation to watch. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but you see a real tension here. I mean, Mitt Romney is with them 80% of the time, but the other 20% sure grabs a lot of tension. There's an awful lot of Democrats, uh, and apparently Scott Robert Shaw feels uh, uh, the same way to a some degree anyway, that, uh, that the bar, this impeachment process, has lowered the bar so far that, and, and uh, the president was uh, exonerated uh, that uh, from now on, presidents in particular uh, should be able to uh, do whatever they want with, uh, uh, w without uh, a fear of repercussion. Yeah, there's sort of two schools of thought about that, Mike. The first school of thought is that could impeachment just become the norm at this point? Yikes. Because, you, you know, uh, just any president, uh, when the other party controls the House, they would just impeach the president. You know, I don't think we're at that point yet, but it's something that we should be wary of. And, you know, I think it's very dangerous for our political system if impeachment becomes the norm, because the framers of the Constitution really intended for it to be like the nuclear option, like the last resort. Yeah. So I think that would be a real uh, dangerous thing. But, you know, as you said, Mike, an another idea here is that if your party controls enough Senate seats to prevent you from being removed, then, in a sense, you're kind of invincible. So either way you look at it, I think that this whole episode and just the topic of impeachment in general raises really difficult and, to be quite honest, troubling questions about the future of American politics. Well, and how many people would be concerned that uh, in the future there would be a president, a Senate, and a House, all of the same party? Oh, exactly. And, you know, what you're seeing now, Mike, with hyperpartisanship and just the intense polarization in Washington is that if your party is in charge, you as the president pretty much can do whatever you want and, and there will be no threat of oversight. But then incredibly intense oversight, uh, very, uh, you know, just just bare-knuckles oversight when the other party is in charge. Uh, and, you know, this isn't what 
the framers of the Constitution really had in mind. You know, their their whole intention was that Congress, regardless of who was in charge, would be able to check the executive. But, you know, you throw political parties into the mix, you throw hyper-partisanship, you throw polarization into the mix, and boy, you've got, a, you've got an interesting situation, one that uh, was certainly not anticipated at the time the Constitution was written. Hyperpartisanship and polarization uh, don't bode well for let's uh, go along to get along. If the Senate and the House are of opposing parties, the, these days that means nothing will get done as opposed to let's meet somewhere in the middle. Both parties think my way is the only way, so I'm going to do everything I can over the next few years, depending on which politician you want out, to make sure that that politician gets as much mud thrown on them as possible so voters yep. would never consider re-election. Yeah, Mike, that's a concept in political science called the permanent campaign. Uh, when we talk about the permanent campaign, it means that the campaign atmosphere just never ends. And, you know, I mean, in, in one sort of you know, in, in one sort of way that the world could work. You could imagine that the campaign occurs, then the election occurs, and then we all stop and govern for a while, and then the campaign begins again, the election happens, and then we stop and govern for a while, and the cycle repeats itself. But the permanent campaign is when it's just a constant campaign-style atmosphere and a constant effort to gain a one-up over your political opponents. And we've been living through the permanent campaign for the last couple decades in the United States, and we're really seeing it become intense nowadays in the Trump era and previously in the Obama era. What kind of uh, uh, fallback, do you, uh, the speculation again, when we hear uh, Democrats in power, I can't remember if it was uh, Schiff or who it was, somebody said that clearly we can't allow the election of a president to fall on the people. They're too stupid to understand uh, what's at stake here. There are politicians who would like to uh, uh, remove the people from the electoral process will select the president because we're smarter than you. Yeah, Mike, that argument really caught my attention when they were delivering closing arguments at the Senate trial because this came up on both sides. Adam Schiff saying that we can't wait to convict and remove him. But then the president's defense team saying, look, we're nine months away from the election. Let the people decide the fate of this president. And, you know, I think it raises an interesting question that people should consider. You know, do we think about impeachment differently depending on how close we are to the election? Um, that was certainly something that the president's defense team was pushing, saying, look, we're close enough to the election where we shouldn't even be in this situation. Democrats obviously had a different point of view, but that was certainly something that caught my attention, and it was a major theme of the arguments in the Senate. Since Democrats have already said they have no intention of stopping the investigation of Donald Trump, they will continue to uh, turn the soil till they find some real dirt, something that will stick, that will cause uh, the president to uh, lose uh, the re-election, and some other Democrats have said, we'll just re-impeach him. We're, we're going to continue the investigation, and when we get the right uh, information, we'll re-impeach him. And I, I shook my head and wondered, really? Or is that just talk? I, I think it's just talk, Mike. I think that attention at this point will just 
by necessity be turning to the upcoming election because we are just nine months away. And so uh, <laughs> the Democrats have plenty to worry about when it comes to the election. I mean, you know, you have President Trump's approval rating ticking up you know, a couple points since over the last month or so. You had a really strong jobs report today, uh, 225,000 jobs in January, beating expectations by quite a bit. You have President Trump coming off a, uh, you know, being being uh, uh, acquitted in the Senate trial. This has been a pretty good stretch for President Trump. And I... Uh, Anthony Chergaski, you're right. And uh, that pretty good stretch will continue. We'll have a great weekend. Obviously, there's still lots more to talk about it. I'll be in touch, and we'll talk again uh, sometime next week.